When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey everybody, this is High Speed Stuff, and I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. My name is Ben Bowen. I am a video writer here at the same website. How you doing, Ben? I'm I'm stoked, man. It's are, it's awesome to be back in the booth again. Are you really? You're stoked? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> stoked. You cleaned up pretty kids, nice. Kids saying that now these days? Oh, man. I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> you know, you guys just... Uh, Scott, Scott looks pretty uh, clean cut today. You got a, yeah. got a haircut. Finally huh? got that haircut yeah. we were talking about. Yeah, I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm spiffing up a little bit. Dress needs some work, but I'm uh, getting on it. And one of our uh, chairs in the studio actually has a little bit of a sliding forward thing. So sometimes when it sounds like Scott and I are doing this intro, no, you know what I'm talking about, dude. It's <laughs> oh, like I the do. back end of I the chair. I gave it to you this time. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it sounds a little awkward because yeah. we always have that. Who's getting that chair? Someone's falling out of the chair. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Someone's someone's yeah. going slide but under the table. We're here to talk about emergencies today, right? Definitely bigger yep. than slidey chairs. Yeah, and this is something that I got to tell you. I think. From the point that everybody is a little child, they love watching uh, emergency vehicles on the road. I mean, it means that somebody's having a bad day, of course. Sure. But um, I love watching fire trucks. I love following fire trucks. I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it, but I'll follow a fire truck to a fire to see if it's, if it's close. Even now? Um, even now. I did, this, I did this, as a matter of fact, two weekends ago. I followed one, but it was just going down the road, and I could see the, uh, the smoke Billowing over the road, there was a uh, someone's backyard and um, one of those uh, fiberglass fences. Yeah, it yeah. had melted um, in this big fire. It was like a big grass fire, and where trees were catching and everything. But the smoke was, it was a big, huge cloud of white smoke going across uh, six lanes of road with a median, and you couldn't see across it. So um, of course, I had to poke my nose around see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they already had it. We got there in you know thirty seconds after the fire truck was there, and they already had it under control. They're quick. I've got to ask you, Scott. Yeah. Were you following them because of some do-gooder no, impulse? No, you know what? This this is from a long, long time ago. I used to live in Indiana, mm-hmm. um, and 
my dad, I think my dad got it from his mother, honestly, my grandmother, who's still around. Um, she had this impulse that whenever they heard, you know, a small town in Indiana, yeah. um, whenever the fire trucks were called out, she had this impulse that, hey, let's go see what's going on or let's, uh, let's try to check it out. And he, he got that kind of, uh, from her and I got it from him because we, we would travel out into the country and watch huge barn fires happening and, uh, really spectacular fires at night. And sometimes you see some horrible things like, you mm-hmm. know, livestock and things like that in them. But, um, oftentimes it's just a big, beautiful fire. I mean, I, I know it's awful to say that right, because right. somebody's, somebody's losing property or animals or sure. whatever. Uh, but you're talking about these enormous, you know, 150-year-old barns, 200-year-old barns are burning in the middle of this really, really dark Indiana night, you know, just out in the middle of nowhere. There, It was, honestly, and I hate to say it, it was beautiful. It really I'm was. I'm going to do you here. I'm going to do cool. you a solid here, bro, mm-hmm. and assure all the listeners that Scott Benjamin is in no way an arson. No, 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 no. I'm not like that at all. I, I, yeah. I mean, it, it was just something interesting to yeah, watch, especially yeah. when you're a kid. Imagine sure. all that activity and the yeah. excitement involved And with that. also, uh, especially if you're in a small town, Odds are there's a very compelling reason to find out what is on fire because yeah. you probably know everybody. Could be a neighbor. Yeah, and it could it could very easily affect uh, your life, especially mm-hmm. if it's close to Nick. Sure. How about you? You had a kind of a interest in watching emergency vehicles? Absolutely fascinated by yeah. them, um, yeah. especially fire trucks because I always wondered ever since I was I was uh, but a wee tyke I always wondered what. Mm-hmm was going on inside the fire engines because, you know, when you're a kid, they just seem so cool. There's so much stuff inside of it, mm-hmm. and there's this entire crew of people. There's, a, I always thought the coolest seat was the one in the back, you know, the guy who stands. I would never want to be there now, oh, yeah. Yeah. but before I ever had to drive, I thought it would be awesome. I didn't know that he was actually doing something. I just thought, <laughs> you know how, like, when you're a kid yeah. and you're in school and some kid gets to be in the front of the line because he or she did something? Mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, a prize for the firefighters. They, they get got to stand on the back? Yeah, they got to go in the fun seat. No, that's they're they're doing work. How about the one driving in the back? Have you ever seen that on the? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm talking. Oh, that guy. Good driving. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. the one's hanging on, on, on the, the longer, more rectangular. Oh, ones. yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Um, and it's it's really interesting because I'm still I I still have this childhood fascination with fire engines. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's if you look at it, we've got some great articles on the site, and one of the things that really struck me here is uh, our. Authors say that the important thing to know about a fire engine, I'm quoting here, is that it's a combination of a personnel carrier, a toolbox, and a water tanker. Ah, yes. All Very important. Once. The, uh, the toolbox aspect of a fire engine is extremely critical. Mm-hmm. They've got, you mentioned yourself how uh, it seemed like there's a lot going on inside a fire truck, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, everything has a place and everything in its place is, is a good way to describe this thing because um, it, it has to be exactly where they know it is. I mean, they have to learn that truck inside and out. They have to know exactly where everything is, what size hoses there are, mm-hmm. uh, the connectors, where the tools are, um, everything. In any imaginable scenario they need to be able to take care of in the dark, you right. know, um, at a fire scene where there could be, you know, smoke blocking view, uh, blocking vision. Um, they have to be able to communicate with the rest of the fire department, uh, the rest of their, their group, um, be able to tell them, you know, what they need exactly and, and where to find it. And, you know, it's just a lot of communication that happens on a fire truck that um, you and I don't see when they're just passing, you know, at 80 miles an hour on the side streets. Right. I, I think it would be fair well, to say that most people don't really know everything that goes into it. Yeah. Um so I've got I got a little list here if you want. Fantastic. Okay, I'm just going to run through yep. some of the some of the stuff that mm-hmm. firefighters have to take because you know, human beings fire is not our natural element. Mm-hmm. 
just in case somebody is wondering, don't do it. Put the matches down. Um, be, and we have to have, when we're, uh, fighting any kind of, any kind of conflagration or something, we have to have a lot of tools, uh, to get it out safely mm-hmm. with the minimum amount of property damage and hopefully no loss of life. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this stuff is related to the hoses, to the transportation of water and foam, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to read some of these. Stop me if one catches your interest. Sure. Uh, barrel strainers, uh, you know, that's just what you put on a hard suction hose when you're taking uh, water from a lake or a pond. Oh, okay. So you, so don't, you don't end have up a spraying fish or something. If you don't have a hydrant. Right. Got it. Right. Um, so nozzles, of course, depending on the kind of water coverage you need. A foam inductor to put uh, a kind of flame retardant foam on there. Um, a halligan tool, which uh, is kind of like a crowbar. A sheetrock puller. Um, pike poles. And these are uh, about 10 to 12 feet long and they're thrust into the ceiling to pull sheetrock down. Oh, those, those are those, um, that's a cool hook looking tool yeah. you got, right? Yeah. With a spike on one end and mm-hmm. a hook on the other? Yep. Oh, very cool. Which is almost medieval in design if it you looks, think about it. It looks like a, uh, it looks, yeah, it does. It almost looks like a whaling tool or something like mm-hmm. that, that they would use. Um, well, I, you know, spear. I, not being a fireman myself, I cannot speak to, uh, any allegations of, of fires that could be attributed to whales, but it's good to be prepared, you know? They're very That's smart it. animals, I'm whales. just saying, it just, it, yeah, it just looked like that to me anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry. Looks like a harpoon, maybe. And then they got EMS equipment. We know that because uh, every firefighter has EMS training, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some hose adapters, a bunch of different wrenches because, of course, as we all know from being kids and trying to open fire hydrants, uh, you can't do it with your ordinary wrench. <laughs> did you try to do that? Of course did, I did, man. Did you really? Yeah. Have you ever um, around when someone has opened one? Yep. Uh, legally or illegally? Illegally, Scott. Really? Yep. I've never been to either. I've never seen anybody open one legally or illegally. I Only on television. I've seen I this. didn't see them open it. I was there after it was open. Replaying it? Yes. Really? Yeah. Did the uh, did the I don't know, the city members come by and uh, scold you or anything, or did the firemen show up? You know up what? Because how long can something like that last? You know what? You would be surprised because perhaps memory is putting a, a sort of golden hue on this, but mm-hmm. or a, a rose-tinted hue, but uh, we played in it for a, an afternoon. I was quite young. This was in the burbs, hmm. and uh, then we just went home. Well, good for you. I, I had water fights with you know hoses and things, but never, mm-hmm. uh, never a fire hydrant. That's cool, man. It's, yeah, it's like it's a, a neat memory. Yeah, yeah. Well, I now I feel kind of bad about it since <laughs> you know now I know what a fire hydrant is for. Well, uh, you know what they do have to release pressure on those things occasionally, and they clean them out. So maybe you're doing a service. Oh man, thank you. Yeah, sure. Thank you. We're even now because <laughs> you assure people I, that uh, I wasn't stealing fire hydrant no, water. No, I don't think so. And I let them know you're not an arsonist. Jaws of life as well. Oh yeah, Jaws of Life. Which is uh, we could do a whole podcast on that thing one day. Yep. Exhaust fan and then um, salvage covers, which was really interesting. They can cover furniture and stuff on a lower floor if there's a fire on a higher floor. No kidding. Yeah, so you can. There's a bigger chance that you can keep some of your stuff. Really? So so, so uh, one team kind of runs in and covers everything up real quick. Well, now the, the team. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, really, does that happen? Because I've never heard of this. Well, the 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 way that the fire. Fire teams actually work is is a little bit different, I think, depending on the blaze. But this, they do have the capacity to uh, salvage some things, which usually when we see fires, we see them uh, gutted out, you know, with just the frame remaining. And I think just recently, um, up 
the street from our mysterious location, Studio 1A, there was a house fire. No kidding. Yeah, fires happen all the time, right? So the other stuff, they have bolt cutters, sledgehammers, fire extinguisher. Who saw that one coming? Mm. Uh, water cooler uh, and set, uh, usually two ladders. Kind of funny they carry a fire extinguisher. I mean, can you imagine? the? You could die from the irony alone <laughs> if you're a fire engine. But I, I guess, I, I don't know, it makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, to hold something like that because you don't want to hit somebody with a you know 95 gallon per minute hose if uh, you don't need to yeah yeah exactly <laughs> makes sense you blast know, them back a little bit right yeah hey you know what um one other thing they, they carry is um breathing apparatus oh um, yeah we should have done that the, yeah. the, the thing about this is they've, they've it's like scuba only without the u without the underwater part it's like uh-huh. a self-contained breathing apparatus so it's scba um but they carry those and they carry 30 minutes of air i believe is what they have and mm-hmm. they're already in the truck ready to go they just kind of turn around put Put them on and head back into the fire. Um, so that's critical for them to be able to, you know, rescue people and you know, get in and see what's going on in there. Um, so it gives them the advantage that. That, that we don't have. You know, if, if you're in the fire um, trying to crawl around, you know, you may succumb to the smoke and, you know, just the, the right. fumes and um, allows them to spend a little more time in there. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, unless the condition of the building uh, deteriorates. You know, point. one thing we didn't mention, and uh, we probably should, is that some trucks actually carry water. Oh yes. Um, some carry a lot of them can carry um, a thousand gallons or even up to five thousand gallons of water uh, to the scene, so they can instantly begin um, begin fighting the fire without finding a um, you know a hydrant or mm-hmm. another location for to, to draw water from. Like you said, like a a, a stream or a pond or um, anything that's in the area, even a pool, they can draw water right. from. Um, think of about a fire fire truck as just like a big water pump. It's just a way of facilitating getting water from one reservoir through the truck and onto the fire where it has to go. And they used to do that a long time ago with um, even water bucket brigades. Yes. Um, which you'll find if you do a search online, a keyword search online, you'll find a lot of these old leather buckets that um, fire chiefs used to keep. Um, just I don't know if they probably still have them around as relics, mm-hmm. you know, at the firehouses. But um, they really would, you know, fill up buckets and, and hand them man-to-man from the nearest available water source to uh, take them to the fire and dump them on one at a time and that's how they fought fires at one point um they had hand drawn you know hand hand pulled carts that had a small reservoir of water right, that had yeah. just kind of a, a wooden box on top of big wheels like big cart wheels mm-hmm. and they were either horse drawn or human drawn uh they would they would you know run them to the fire the sprinters would carry them that's so nuts and we're talking would, about a rickshaw basically yeah rickshaw yeah, with with i don't know 100 gallons of water on it or something like that and uh, then they would hand pump the water through one single hose and that's how they fought the fire um you know houses were made of wood of course almost mm. every one of them you know mm. some were stone but wood and stone um so a lot of houses i'm sure <laughs> didn't yeah. make it because of that and buildings are also a lot larger mm-hmm. now so oh true yeah with the high rises and things we're talking about you know fighting um, so they have uh, a lot more modern equipment now, of course, but they had steam-powered pumps at one point um, around the turn of the century. Steam-powered, huh? Steam-powered, yeah. It was uh, just a way of getting rid of the hand-pumping function uh, that, you know, mm-hmm. humans were providing. So they had these steam-powered pumps, which were pretty neat-looking, really. I think those are maybe my favorite uh, to look at is the old steam-powered pumps, um, usually horse-drawn because they were quite heavy. Yeah. Uh, okay. But they were on a wagon, and um, it's just, I guess, a... A steam-powered water pump really is all it amounts to. Um, now, let me check with yeah. you on that one before we move on, because mm-hmm. what's perplexing to me here is that if the goal of the pump is to get water to a blaze and, and kill the fire, it seems to me that 
you would be losing a lot of water by using steam. To no, power. no, no, no. I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive that they'd be using that to power the vehicle, but um, if you think about the steam-powered cars of the day, uh, you fill a reservoir that's you know like about the size of a washing machine. Okay. And uh, that is then used. It's just like a, a steam-powered automobile would be in that you know you prime it, get it ready. We've we talked about these. In oh, the past, in terms of the ratio, one. then exactly. Yeah, this is just this is just to drive the motor, the pump, mm-hmm. to uh, to get the. The the, uh, the fluid flowing. So then, once they get the steam powered pump there, then they would find a source of water, whether it's somebody bringing water in a reservoir like we talked about, mm-hmm. or if they were pumping it from a river or lake. You know, that's how they did it. Um, but the the pump itself was uh, steam powered, and it was just like a, the steam powered automobiles of the day. So they're using relatively small amounts of water to, to run this thing. They could run it 24 hours a day if they wanted to. Not um, a bang for the buck. Yeah, it's just like an automobile where they just kept it going so that it was ready yeah. to go. See. What uh, what's interesting? The hoses. Are, well, I guess we'll use uh, the terminology uh, that the firefighting professionals use: lines, mm-hmm. right? Lines. Yep. Yeah, they call them lines. It's so weird because I did not know that there were so many different types of of hoses. You know, I didn't know this either until he started digging into this stuff. That yeah. uh, there's and. These guys really know their stuff, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they're not just running out there with a garden hose and high hopes, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. These guys are true professionals. They know all about what, oh, you know, what type of fitting they need, what, uh, mm-hmm. what, what, um, I guess rate of flow they're going to need to fight a particular fire, yeah. uh, what, what particular, um, nozzle they need to fight the fire. Um, when we talk about the hoses that they use most commonly, um, they're called cross lays. And those are capable of 95 gallons per minute flow, which is, Pretty significant when you think about it. But um, if they're on a, a um, pumper truck, you know, a, um, a tanker truck rather, uh, where they have a thousand gallons, that only gives yeah. them about ten minutes where they're trying to, uh, where they're able to to fight with the with the water that they've got on board. They have to find an alternate source, like a, a fire hydrant nearby. That's a nice math um, there, Mister B. Well, that's close. <laughs> it's similar, and you know, it's close to that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. they may back it off a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, and they may not even need more than that. That might be enough to fight the entire fire. So. Um, every situation is completely different. But what are some of the other ones, Ethan? Oh, there's also well, okay. There's also the booster line, mm-hmm. and that's the uh, that's the smallest hose on the truck. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's sort of a um, that's where if you don't want to take out the big guns, the cross lay, uh, you end up taking this guy. And its diameter is about an inch, so it's about a half inch smaller than the cross lays. Mm-hmm. And this is for things like smaller wood fires. Or uh, you know, chimney fires. Maybe if you have a, um, I don't know, a shed of some sort. Oh, okay. Like All that. right, smaller. Like oh, I understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it makes sense. They want to bring out the the smallest they need really to make it work. They don't want to hit somebody with this next one. They're talking about the uh, the, the oh, water cannon. Oh God. Yes, it's my favorite. Go deluge gun. Oh man, yeah. doesn't that sound cool? I like to use the deluge gun on uh, on some stuff around my house. King cool. of the water. Fights. Wouldn't that be neat? Well, you could actually really injure somebody with this bad boy. <laughs> you know what? You could. Well, the flow rate on that is a thousand gallons per minute. So well, you let's can imagine. Think about that. I know that's pretty. It's <laughs> pretty intense, isn't it? That would be uh, be a lot of fun to. Uh, I don't know. Kind of blast some things around my house. So you have, if you have that, and you're running off a, a water tank vehicle, I mean, you have sixty seconds. Yeah, yeah, sixty seconds with a full. With full tank, blast, yeah. yeah. Full blast. Now that's that's obviously one that they need. You know, either the five thousand gallon tanker mm-hmm. uh, to run any significant amount of time, or um, you know, have to have an outside Link source. Up to that, a hydrant, exactly, or a hydrant yeah. or two or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing about this, you know, before we get too far, I want to mention that there's um, 
there's a system on board that, you know, there's a, a complicated series of valves and controls yes. and gauges. And so if someone were to turn off a, a hose in one area, it doesn't automatically feed that amount of water into that other hose so that the, uh, the firefighter working on the other end, mm-hmm. um, you know, can rely on the amount of water that's coming out there at that time. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily uh, matter if one gets shut off or added in another place. You're talking about the um, the super villain, the the puppet master of the fire engine. Oh, what's? Go ahead. What, what the mastermind? The mastermind. That's right. <laughs> I forgot the name. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, so if he's controlling, you know, who's getting what, you know, what amount of water? Mm-hmm. Um, one person isn't suddenly, you know, hit with double the amount of water that they had in the hose, and it would, you know, throw them back or down to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it That's remains really constant. important. Remains constant. Yeah, I would think it would be. Because yeah. I, I mean, in a lot of houses, you know, you can't or apartment buildings. If somebody flushes the toilet or they try to take a shower while the washer is on or mm-hmm. something, uh, then it can cause pandemonium. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Pandemonium right. is a little strong, a <laughs> little strong. How about an unpleasant surprise? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I've had that surprise before where, you know, suddenly the shower goes cold. That's no fun. Maybe there should be a mastermind for houses. I think so. Um, you know what else is actually powered? Uh, yeah, well, let me see how we go into this, Scott. Uh, the ladders are hydraulic. Oh, cool. Very and, cool. And And they've got incredible range on them now. Uh, used to be a lot smaller, of oh, course, yeah? you know, because they were uh, handheld ladders. So now they've got uh, just intense reach. I mean, what what do you think is the the max reacher? Do you know roughly what they are? I mean, um, I don't I, mean to put you on the spot. No, no, that's when there's a. Uh, let's see. Well, our article talks about a ladder that is 105 feet, mm-hmm. which to me is very very tall. Yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't have any shocking numbers or anything like okay. that, but I thought I've heard numbers around the 150 foot mark or even higher. Wow. At this point. So maybe they're just I don't know, how, you know, how long ago this article was written. We may need to update a little bit, but yeah. um the uh the reach I believe is getting longer and longer because, you know, you get in a city mm-hmm. like I mean, Las Vegas or something like that or even downtown New York or sure. here in here in Atlanta, um we're on the we're, well, we're high up. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, you know, pretty little hope of getting a ladder up this high. I think. I think. Right. I so um, I'm all for longer reaches on ladders. Well, you know, this is really interesting. There is actually, if you go out, um, we have we have a kind of a deck balcony thing in one part of our office. And if you go out there, you'll see this weird looking metal uh, gray metal cap. Mm-hmm. And if you take it off, it has ties. Uh, it has tie-off lines hmm. so that you can repel down. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. I won't be using that. You won't? No. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. It's I easier bought. to go down. I'm going to have to go with one of the uh, – I'm going to get a parachute. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'll base jump out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have somebody call in with some advice about base jumping. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the uh, – yeah, so the ladders are ev- – everything here in the modern fire engine is – really built to be as convenient, as responsive, as flexible as possible, which is why we have things like masterminds. Um, That's why the controls for the pump uh, that are located on the captain's side Mm -hmm. of the cab are um, also, you know, everyone has a clear division of labor and they Mm -hmm. know how their chain of command works. But the, the amazing technology behind these ladders, because I was thinking, you know, I was thinking, well, you were thinking somebody just, 
pushing one guy pushing a ladder up against a building mm-hmm. and holding it and saying go 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 yeah yeah that's not the case that's what they had to do a long time ago but uh yeah thank goodness they're able to reach a little further now with with stuff and and what's cool about that is they've got platforms and uh, mm-hmm. and also they can um extend hoses up to that level so they can fight fire from above Oh yeah, with the uh, so hose can, pack. Right? Exactly. That they can see, uh, you know, they can see what's going on from above. Let's say they get to an industrial fire, they can get above the roof line and spray down onto the fire instead of trying to fight it. You know, coming through the front door. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, an easier way to approach things sometimes. Now we've we've kind of covered, I guess, the uh, the water tank, mm-hmm. and we've covered the mobile toolbox. Yeah, there's a ton of different types of trucks. I mean, we don't, that's we what we should list, get it. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. well, I'll just, I'll just run through yeah, a yeah, few through. types, but we don't have to really you know dwell on any of these. But I think we're nearly done here. But mm. um, I mean, there's, there's mobile command units. There's there's the fire rescue trucks. There's ladder trucks. There's tower ladders. There's um, um, Tractor-drawn aerial trucks. There's hook and ladder trucks. There's snorkel trucks. There's, um, of course, I mentioned the tanker trucks. There's the quint and quad trucks. There's the hose la- uh, hose layer trucks, hmm. which carry nothing but hoses. Wow. Um, just all kinds of rescue vehicles. There are marine vehicles. There's vehicles for airplane um, landing strips. So um, the, the cool thing about this, and this is the last thing I've really got here, because um, the cool thing I, I read about um, some of these airline Emergency vehicles, mm-hmm. these firefighting vehicles, is that they've got a, a nozzle on the end of one of the uh, kind of a, a boom that they can poke into the fuselage of the uh, the jet and spray it like a uh, like an overhead sprinkler system almost. Wow! And it will just fight the fire within the fuselage without them having to go through a doorway or through a window. Um, so they can they can pierce the uh, the outer layer of the of the, uh, the airplane and then spray this material inside That's amazing. the fire. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really neat. I mean, it, it's a big spike. So mm. I would think that you'd have to be careful, you know, make sure no one's still walking around in there. Or, you know, play the odds, I guess, and just do it because you've got to put out the fire. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I, what are you going to do? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, that's a touchy situation, but I don't know how far it goes in either. I mean, I know that it, it gets in. I'm sure it does something to suppress electrical fire and you mm-hmm. know all that, too. So maybe it doesn't go in as far as I think it does. I don't think it's like a big six-foot spike. Yeah. I think it's just something that just gets through the depth that it needs to and then, and then releases this foam. Nerves of steel, man. I got to tell you, yeah. I, I have a uh, tremendous admiration for firefighters. Mm-hmm. And uh, talk, talk about professionals i mean now we know you know the listeners know that we also have nerves of steel uh writing and editing <laughs> but <laughs> but i think when we deal uh we, we don't have to deal with these same situations they're both probably physically uh and uh strategically and emotionally demanding mm-hmm. so yeah we haven't even talked about the physical requirements of the job really because those are mm-hmm. intense as well i mean yeah that's a completely different show not not our uh, wheelhouse by any means, but um, that's those are some athletes out there. I'll tell you. Yeah, for they sure. Really are. So I guess that's going to wrap it up for us with uh, a little bit, a little overview of how these fire rescue vehicles work. Scott, yes. Would you like to do some listener mail? Maybe a piece or two. All right, Scott. We have uh, Big Papa writing in from the internet. That's did, that's, did you say Big Papa? He uh, that's yeah, that's what he calls himself. Or, oh, I thought it was your nickname. For oh that. gosh, no. no. Okay, no, no. Uh, Big Papa Fair writes enough. in, and I'm I'm going to go ahead and propose that whenever we don't get a point of origin from a listener, we just assume they're from the internet. Okay. Okay. So Big Papa from the internet writes in about Dumb and Dumber, and I thought this was hilarious, and I told him we had to read this on the air. Um, he just finished our second movie car podcast. 
and he says, I doubt it's the first time it's been mentioned, but if Dumb and Dumber starred Jim Carrey and Jack Daniels, does that mean I have Jeff Daniels locked in my cupboard? Oh, boy. Did we make a mistake wah, and say, wah, wah. did we say Jack Daniels on that podcast? I'm pretty sure it was me. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Jim Carrey and, and Jack Daniels. Yes, together at last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for writing in, Big Papa. And to our listeners, thanks for lending us your ears for another fun-filled podcast. If you have any other ideas for an upcoming show or uh, any... What do you think, Scott? Any what? Oh, I don't know. All I right. don't know where you're going with this. Surprise us. Send <laughs> us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.